If you don't force change, change will be forced upon you. When you force change, you're in control of all the decisions you want to make. So therefore, you're more likely to get what you want. I think when you're grateful for these tiny little things, when you reach your peak in life, you look back and you're like, you know what? All those little things added up to where I'm at now. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Now, more than ever, it's important to keep up on the latest marketing trends and topics, and this is just the spot. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Now Marketing Group. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 77 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing, currently the sponsor of this show. If you would like to sponsor it, hit me up. I would love to have you on board as a sponsor. Now, I'm going to warn you, if you're watching this on the replay, if you're watching this now, you're going to have a whole bunch more energy. This man is going to feed you with positive energy. I have no doubt. Now he has warned me that he has a sailor's mouth. And so (laughs) I told him like, we like to keep it clean, but if it comes out, it comes out. So just warning (laughs) y'all, if you're listening to this on the podcast, it will be beeped, but it's all good. It's all good. Hello, Fred. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, I'm so appreciative to be here. I will be, I promise to be a good boy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to keep it clean. I can be good, but I'm so glad to be here with you. I'm so glad to be a part of this show and let's get into it, man. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm bringing some good energy to you. Okay. So the topic of the show is positive mindset in business with Fred Bloomberg. Now, this is a marketing podcast, but marketing is business. And I'm trying to have more shows that are just business based, you know, like that anyone, because I think people see marketing, they think, oh, you have to be a marketer. I would argue that probably all of our content, it would be worth it to anybody who listened. But I did extend my reach way beyond the comms and marketing people um, on LinkedIn when I created the event for today for this broadcast. So I'm hoping that some of those folks join in. Okay, I'm going to read your bio. And I twisted a little, I added a little from your website and I used what you gave me. So hopefully it sounds cool. Fred Bloomberg is a dad. Yeah. He's a dad, husband, and coach who is well known for his high energy, enthusiasm, and positive vibes. Fred believes that everyone deserves to live their best lives now by gaining supreme clarity on what they want understanding their purpose, and being able to find happiness even in the toughest moments. He helps people get out of their way by using practical tools they can use daily. He has created a community of more than 300 people who are solely about one thing, authenticity. Authenticity is about sharing your vulnerabilities with others online to help facilitate healing, helping, and the ability to learn from others. Love it. Yes, that was perfect. Yes. Perfect. It'll blend. Just put it in the blender. All right. So something I did a little research as I tend to do and uh, saw you say somewhere, I think it was on a YouTube video that you used to live a fake life. So I want to, I just kind of want to start with that because I think that leads into the talk about authenticity too, right? Which is important for you. So what do you mean by you used to live a fake life? Uh, you know, I think we all sort of put on this representative part of ourselves when we go out into the public. I got a degree, so I felt good that I had a degree. I had a good job, so I felt good that I had a good job, and I was making decent money. 
And um, at the time in 2015, when things changed for me, I, I had a good job. I was married. I had a house, all the good, you know, the glitz and glamour that anybody from the outside would think, oh man, he's got it together. But I wasn't happy inside. And when I say happy, I was working a job, but I wasn't working a job that made me feel like I was going somewhere. I was just working to pay bills. I was happy with my spouse, but I wasn't happy with myself. So a lot of times my behavior just wasn't copacetic, if you will. And that to me was just, I'd get in public and I'd get around people and I'd act like, oh yeah, things were good. But inside I had turmoil. I just did not feel 100% myself. I was insecure and I just was not confident. And so that to me is what I meant by leading a fake life. As someone that just purposely goes out knowing that deep down inside, you're not being truthful. You're not even being authentic to yourself. You know, you're more or less, you know, fooling yourself. And that's what I was doing. And I knew this. It's what I like knew this, but I would always go back on, I got a degree. <laughs> I got a good house. I got a job. And so that's kept that facade up until it didn't after a while. Well, I had a conversation with a friend about this the other day, actually, because she and I, over the last few years, have talked several times about her not being happy in her job. And so we went through this whole thing of her updating me and us going back and forth. And I said, now, tough love here. This comes back to, it's just because it's safe, right? You're still there because it's safe. And she said, she thought for a second and she said, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Like she's afraid to go out on her own or there's something that's holding her back, right? That to keep her from taking that step to live her most authentic life, which is to not keep that job. Yeah. And that's scary because I call it the black and white. You know exactly what you want and you know exactly what you don't want. The gray is how we feel about it. And so I often tell my clients. And I even tell myself, look, I get caught in the gray, but I tell people the gray is to trigger you to make a choice, not to stay there feeling some type of way. And that is where I was. I was stuck in how I felt. And then I would revert back to, oh, well, I got a good job. I got a family. I'm married. And and I would constantly keep myself in purgatory. And so I was afraid to make a move because what if I failed? Oh my God, my facade would crumble. And that's where I knew I had an issue. Well, and if we're honest with ourselves that you're probably not as good in that job anymore as you should be either, right? Kind of feeds on itself. Yes, because you know deep down, this is not for me. But the fear comes from, well, if I make a decision to move somewhere else, will that be for me? I don't know. So I'm going to stay I'm going to stay stuck with what I know, even though it's miserable. And so, right. you know, we know this, but we're afraid to go attack that fear. So eventually, at some point, I tell people, you're either going to get tired or you're tired. And tired means, <laughs> my granny used to say tired. She said, you're going to know when you're tired when you are completely done with your situation. You must change. When you're tired, you're willing to deal with it because it's not really pressing you. So that, for me, I knew that I was faking myself out by, you know, really just living this continual lie. So I, I couldn't even fool myself anymore. That feeds into Jen's question. What were some signs that you experienced that you weren't really happy? And, and then I'm going to take that a step further than what made you make a change? Signs. Great question. I think when I lost my job, that was like the end. But there were noticeable signs that I knew from within. I drove an hour and a half to and from work. And that for me... I was like, man, even if we just dumb it down to an hour, that's two hours a day. I'm giving up 10 hours a week 
And I said, ooh, I'm, I'm a family man, though. I really love my family. Is this worth it? Is this the path? Where am I going with that? That was one of the signs that I just ignored until I got into a snowstorm where it took me three hours to get home. Another sign was we would constantly be fighting about money, but it almost wasn't even the money. My wife, she would say, hey, why don't you seek another avenue? And I would immediately get defensive because I would be like, well, I am in a good job. You know, what else do you want? But that was my fight within myself where I knew what I was doing. Not only was it not going towards anything in particular, any particular goal whatsoever, but I just knew I was just paying the bills. And I just laid back on that as sort of a, you know, that was just my card to play. So that was another sign. And then another sign was I dreaded Mondays. And I said, look, man, at the time I was 37. So I'm like, I was approaching 40. I'm like, I only have so many days. So many Mondays left. I'd hate my job. That is a clear sign. I, I, something's got to change because I can't continually do this as if it's a jail sentence. This is not going to work. So those eventually got to the point where extenuating circumstances happened at the job. I'm not going to get into where I did resign and where it felt like things were falling apart. They were falling into place. But I think people miss it because we want everything to just be a straight golden path of perfection. And what we don't realize is if we're not about the journey of finding ourselves and being better within the messiness, we're really going to miss out on some great phenomenal opportunities. That's a challenge because I'm telling people, hey, you know, be about the mud and the, the grime and the dirt, but you can't want green grass and then get mad when it rains and it pours and your front yard is full of mud. You can't, you know, yeah, you can lay side down, but side laying side is not more metaphorically speaking. That is not a good <laughs> long term solution. Right. So right. you have to learn to go with the mud in your life and be OK with that. I love that. Yeah. Jen says, welcome, Jen, too, by the way. She's my co-host every other episode, just about every other episode. She and I are, um, are on together. She's a dreading Mondays. It's such a sad thing. Yeah. And actually, we were just talking about our friend Troy. He hates Mondays. And <laughs> I said, well, I wonder if it's because he's not doing, if he's not where he's meant to be. Because I, I, ever since I went out on my own and didn't have a job that I was being suffocated by, my days are like just another day. I don't dread Mondays. So there's something to be said for that. I got a quick trick for, is it okay if I, so one of the things that I started to do, this was 2015 and 2015 is significant because that's when I resigned from my job. I decided to go a completely different direction. I decided to say, Hey, I know how to get a job. I know how to do that. I need to do a 180. I already, I can always get a job. People are always so, Oh my God, what if there's not enough jobs? You already know how to do that. So why don't you try something different? And if you fail, at least you tried. So in 2015, what I started to do was wake up at the same time every day and go to bed at the same time every day. And my body didn't know when it was Monday because it was like, oh, we're up. Okay. Now this was hard. There was some Saturdays where I was like, why am I up? But when your body goes (laughs) through that routine and muscle memory, then it's like, oh, we're up. Okay. Well, let's get started. You know? So that was one thing. And I'll offer one more. The average life expectancy is 75. So when you break that down, you only have so many Mondays. So it makes no sense to waste a Monday thinking, oh, my God, I dread Monday. Yo, you only have so many. So you might as well utilize every one of those. So many Tuesdays, so many Wednesdays. Today is Tuesday. There are some people that did not make this Tuesday. So I try to look at things in that perspective. Like, hey, man, I only got so many Tuesdays. So let me make this one count. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I, I'm in a place right now where I, I didn't even know what day it was today. 
myself. And normally I, I do like it's so that's so funny. Okay, so I want to get into a little bit. I shared this on LinkedIn for the second live show in a row as an event on LinkedIn. Now I don't have LinkedIn live privileges yet. So we are not live on LinkedIn right now. But the event is in there. And a lot of people said they were going to come. And I know a lot of people right now, my main vertical, my main, you know, business space for the last better part of the last 20 years has been meetings and events, which imploded basically with the onset of COVID. So we're in that a year ago this week, you know, where huge shows got canceled and that kind of thing. And so I know a lot of people are still out of work or they're, you know, doing something just to get by or whatever. So a lot of people who are going to listen to this or maybe watch this have been hit on the unemployment front. So what kind of advice would you give them to keep a positive mindset as they either try to find new employment or maybe even they decide like, when is a better time to start my own business? What do you think? This is perfect. This is a perfect question, especially for this time period. So I think, no, I don't think, I know people don't force change in their life. And I get it. We all, when something's good, we want it to be good forever. That's not reality. Reality is life moves in ebbs and flows. Just like an ocean doesn't always stay calm, there are sometimes it's going to be some rough seas. There's sometimes it's going to be some glass water. And sometimes the earthquake is going to happen and you might have tsunami warnings, right? So what does that mean? That means you need to move with the ebbs and flows of life. I've always said this and I had to learn this. If you don't force change, change will be forced upon you. I'm going to say it again. If you don't force change, change will be forced upon you. Meaning, there's two ways you can go about this. When you force change, you're in control of all the you know, decisions you want to make. You're in control of all the things that you can you know, go after, the choices that you want. So therefore, you're more likely to get what you want. It's a more fun journey to go and get what you want. When change is forced upon you, like what happened last year, the choices are given to you and you're, you're super stressed because you don't want these choices that are given to you. And if you don't understand the importance of how to force change, you're often going to find yourself repeating this process of constantly getting this. That's why people are fearful, because people think that, oh, my God, this happened to me and I didn't like the outcome. Now, let me ask you a question. What if those same people knew they wanted a new job and actually forcibly put themselves out in the market and said, you know what, I'm going to save X amount of jobs on Indeed. They're in control of the jobs they save. They're in control of the jobs they call. They're in control of the interview process. They may not get the exact one, uh, the one they want, but they're in control. Now, COVID happens and you don't call those jobs. Now you're searching just like everybody else. Now you're panicked and you're super stressed because you're out of control. So my thing with what happened last year, if people feel out of control, this is, a tr again, feel. This is a great. This is a trigger to say, hey, let me find what I need because I need income. That's practical. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's a stepping stone. I'm going to say it again. You need to find something because it's an income and it's a stepping stone. We're lost in this generation of everything is cool, Instagram, on jets. No, dude, whatever you do is a stepping stone to get you where you want to be. It's not the end all be all here. If you got to work at McDonald's, this is not the end. This is practicality. So right. I think the most important thing that people must do, they got to force change. And if they haven't, that should have taught people, hey, be more aware of forcing change so that you can force the uh, results that you want as opposed to letting COVID or something like that force itself onto you. Yes, and be ready. I got laid off my first job at, at a college, seven and a half months into my first job at a college. And I was like, 
whoa, life lesson, life lesson, learned early. But what that did is that now I'm on my toes. Like I always would be ready. My resume would be updated. I didn't do too many personal things in work email anymore. It was all like put it elsewhere and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I ended up a business owner because change was forced upon me. Now I saw it coming and it fed itself. Like it just got worse and worse and worse as I went along and I was kind of trying to look for a job, but I didn't. And then boom, I was like, okay, now I'm out on my own. So yeah, all of those things are yes, super crucial. So Pat Helmers, welcome Pat. I met Pat at the podcast movement conference. I don't know, is it a year before last now? And he's one that came over from LinkedIn. What if you don't know where you want to go? That's a great question, Pat. That is a good question. I think it's time to sit down and we all naturally know what we like to do. I think we block ourselves by thinking currently. I mean, let me say that again. We block ourselves based on where we're at right now. I don't have enough money. I don't. I, I need to pay the mortgage. The rent is behind. My marriage relationship is not as good. The kids drive me crazy. Like, you know, if you put all that aside for one second, what is it that you want to do? So get clear on what is it that, like, sit down with yourself. And I'm saying this as simple as I possibly can because most people, we don't often just sit down in quiet time because when we're on quiet time, what do we do? We get on our phone and we get on social media and we're searching and we're on YouTube. You know, you got to sit down with 10 minutes with yourself. And literally, this is the time to devise a plan, basic plan. What do you want to do with your life? Sounds like a real trite question, but really get serious. Like, what do you want to do? And write it out and then say, hey, everything that I attain now, whatever job I get is a stepping stone to either learn something or to get somewhere. You might have to network with somebody at a new job. You might have to get some insight from a a specific position. You don't know that. But when you go out with an open mind, you're receptive to what you can earn from this. I'm not saying monetarily. I'm saying knowledge wise. And then you might meet that person that might be your help down the road. So everything is a stepping stone. So I say, get clear, get clear with what you want. Write down three things that you really want to achieve in your life and reverse engineer from there. And it's not about perfect plan. Plan will get blown up. It's about, will you take a step towards that direction or are you going to go down the road that you already know? Yes. And doing things because of more than money will also help you manifest those things that you want. This podcast is a perfect example. This isn't a revenue stream for me. This is a way to build community and you know get with people in the industry, meet people like you that I wouldn't have met otherwise, and to help people just flat out like, but I often get that question. How do you monetize your podcast? How do you, you know, like everything's about monetization for everyone, but I think you're right. Like if you look at it from a different perspective, the money will come. I know that I've gotten referrals for business because of this podcast. I know that it's a credibility thing too, right? So if we just do the things that we want to be doing, then would you agree that then things will come? Yes. I got a great story on that. Okay. (laughs) You're going to laugh at this. So when I was young and I thought I was the man, you know, of Mac, and I was in college, you know, guys, we're always about the one thing, right? I'm going to keep it clean. And so oftentimes being about that one thing, what do we do? We just focus on how to get that one thing. We don't realize it's about communication. It's about being present in the moment. It's about actually like having a good conversation that can flow. And then when things get good, perhaps you can get to the next date, et cetera, et cetera. Why do I use that as an example? It's because when people talk about, hey, just start up the podcast and monetize. Hey, how about you just get on there and talk about a specific topic that you know without needing likes, views, favorites, shares, retweets? How about you just 
talk. Can you do that consistently? And then if you have an audience, how about you interact with your audience? And then if you're interacting with your audience, how about you, you know, spice it up with your shows, maybe have them on your show. And then the monetization and all that other stuff will come. But if you start out wanting to be about money and all that other stuff, you're going to deny yourself any of access to that. You can be like the dude that just is looking for the one thing. I mean, you won't get far. So that has always been my philosophy, especially when it comes to social media. Don't just do it to be seen or get numbers. Do it because you have a message and you're looking to connect with other people just like you. Exactly. Yeah. And this is going so fast. It always does on these live shows. Uh, But we are going to go on Clubhouse at the top of the hour. So whatever time zone you're in, it's the top of the next hour. (laughs) For us, it's going to be three o'clock. We'll get some of the questions that we didn't get to in the show. But I do want to make sure that I ask a positive mindset. It's not just for ourselves, right? Like talk to us about how our mindset affects other people. This is great. When I worked in a special, like a therapeutic day school for special ed students, I was a paraprofessional. I was also a teacher. And one of the most impactful things, it didn't matter how much you knew, it didn't matter your degree, didn't matter how long you were working in the field, the most impactful thing was your attitude. Because these students were coming from backgrounds, divorced parents, abuse, nonverbal, behavior disorder, suicidal. Bro, if you come in there as a para, bringing your baggage, you're just compounding a situation. So I used to have a thing when I went into work, no matter what I was dealing with, no matter how much bad that was baggage was on my shoulders. When I crossed that line to enter into my job, it was all about somebody needs my good energy. Now, people might think, well, what if I don't have the good energy? Find somebody that does. A lot of people don't do this. We all want to go around. Oh, yeah, work is hard. Our head down. And we find other sad people. <laughs> it perpetuates our own disaster. Yeah. I say positivity is reciprocal. When you're feeling up, you bring your energy to other people. It's, it's, it's energetic. When you see people smiling, laughing, when you hear a person laughing, you laugh. That is contagious, right? So, but if you're feeling down and out, now it's your job to go find somebody that has that energy. We're all sources of energy. So I think to be very aware of your attitude and your energy. First, you must really get aware of your own mindset. If you're constantly thinking negative thoughts, you need to get rid of that person in your head. And the best way to do this, I I give people this exercise. When you think a negative thought, think of two positive thoughts right away. Now, this is hard because a lot of people are like, oh my God, I I would be, (laughs) I'd be stuck all day. That's the purpose. Because positivity is a muscle. If you don't exercise the muscle, if you don't even get aware to like catch yourself, then you're going to you're going to perpetuate disasters and negativity and you're going to bring it to you. So if you don't get aware and then say, all right, let me realistically think, Okay, you know, like before we even got on, we had some mic problems and stuff. But what did I say? Hey, it's a perception. It's not bad. At least we caught it before the show. It's a good thing. Like we get to laugh before the show. There's two good things. I feel better. Now, the reason why I call it authentic is because a lot of people, you can search positivity and you get unicorns, rainbows and candy. I tell you, look, deal with the BS. It's happening. It happens every day. It's just a matter of your perception. So one person could see a rainy sky and think, oh, my God, this this sucks. Another person could see that rainy sky and be like, you know what? I appreciate the rain because at least the grass gets a little greener. And you know what? Sun is shining behind the clouds anyway. So this storm, too, will pass. It's just which one do you want to think? Which one do you want to take on? No, for sure. And someone said this to me and it has stuck with me. Negativity is a virus. And I do think that that is the case. And I 
probably have been someone who was that virus at one point or another. And so, but I, I'm trying, you know, I actually, I, I think I've gotten to a place in my life where that would never, that would never be a factor again, because I won't let it. But I think that's super important. I love that. All right, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome on Clubhouse because imposter syndrome is a real thing, right? For sure. What can we do each and every day other than that's a great tip? The and I'm I started keeping a gratitude journal. So I I start every day and I make myself write five things. Now sometimes that's really really hard because I'm trying also to not duplicate something I've said before, Um, and so it's like this cozy blanket my view, you know, great coffee. And I'm like, used that, used, you know, like what's something else that we can do each and every day to help keep ourselves in a positive mindset in business, not just necessarily in life, but in our business. Business, This is good. I talk about business is like parenting. I have four kids. Okay. 12, 10, six, and four. It's craziness. Like (laughs) it's insanity at best. So how do I deal with it? I compare it to parenting. There are a lot of hard moments. There are a lot of, when I say hard moments, there are moments I've questioned myself, like, what, why did I have kids? Like, am I crazy? What, what did I do this for? You know? And I see money just flowing out of my bank account. My kids spill something, they break something. I'm like, I just want to, I just want to run away sometimes, you know? And the reason why I make that comparison is because at the end of the day, I love my kids. I wanted to be a dad because I didn't have a dad. So I had a strong why. So you have to have a strong reason why you're in business and it can't be connected to money. It's got to be connected to something that will drive you. Even when you're grounded down to powder, you're like, I'm still doing this because I want to do this. This is my why. And I think another thing that, you know, you have to really think about is gratitude. Be gracious in your valleys because one thing I love about Facebook brings back memories. You look at some of those memories and you like, wow, I really thought I had it hard then. Or wow, I was in such a bad place and look where I am now. So I, I thought I was it, fat. I thought I was <laughs> fat when. <laughs> yeah, I had less gray hair. Like, Authentic, you know, I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> yes. So one thing I loved about your gratitude, the small things, not being gracious of this. I had an award. No, I'm grateful that I can create my own schedule. I'm grateful that I can take this opportunity and, you know, I can go walk with my kids without being worried about, oh my God, I have to, you know, call off and make sure I get somebody to work for my job. You know what I mean? Like little things in business. I'm grateful to be able to connect with real people that believe in me. So I think when you're grateful for these tiny little things, when you reach your peak in life, you look back and you're like, you know what? All those little things added up to where I'm at now. And then when you're at the peak, you appreciate. This doesn't get talked about often enough. It's okay to celebrate a win. It doesn't matter how big or small. You don't have to wait till you get some big win. You can celebrate the smallest win. I literally, if I get a dollar from a sale, I'm like, yes, yeah, a dollar. I will celebrate a dollar. I don't care. Because if I can't celebrate a dollar, how am I going to celebrate a thousand dollar sale? So little things, little things, little things, little things, gratitude and being appreciative definitely adds on to that. So yes, those would be mine for business. Love it. Okay. So I like to have our guests share a great business book that they would recommend to our listeners. Do you have one that you're excited about these days? Oh man. Or, so or through life, the one that has been most impactful for you could be any of the one that was the most impactful that got me off the couch. I was a couch potato. I was somebody that was very lazy and stuck in my stock. I'm talking about stuck, prideful, ego, everything was the 10 X rule by Grant Cardone, the 10 X rule by Grant Cardone. 
There was a quote in that book that literally it, it, it was like a light bulb went off. The quote was commit first, figure the rest out later, commit first, figure the rest out later. That quote, the reason why that quote opened it up for me is because I realized that the reason why I never made changes or made moves or did anything was because I was too commit. I was wanting to figure it all out first and I lacked commitment. Like, listen to what I said. I was too busy trying to figure it out, get the blueprint, plan it out, trying to make it all perfect. And then based on how that went, I would then get committed. But committing first is easy. That means, yo, you're all in. And you'll figure it out, whether it goes good, bad, or ugly, you'll figure it out. You'll get and you'll get to the end. It doesn't matter what happens because you're committed. So that to me struck a chord. It's easy to commit. You're either in or out. There is no halfway commitment, 99.9% commitment. I'll believe it when I see it. That's not commitment. When you get married, they say, are you committed through sickness and in health? Not, are you here when she look good and then when she have kids, you gone, right? So commitment is, yo, I'm going to be in this and I will figure it out as we go along. And so that helped me realize, oh, my figuring out, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be otherworldly. I can make mistakes because I'm in the process. So I was good with that. So the 10X rule taught me how to take a lot of action, be okay with that, but be more about commitment as opposed to trying to figure everything out. I love that. That is perfect. All right. So what's the best way for our listeners, viewers to find you? Oh, that's good. You can go any social media platform anywhere and find me at the real Fred Lee, at the real Fred Lee. And uh, my podcast is Be Authentic Zone. I have content every day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my website is therealfredlee.com, therealfredlee.com. Yeah, and I was telling him I wanted to put that here, but I didn't have enough ease. <laughs> and his last name was just out of the question because it's too long. And if you're watching, you see he's got his T-shirt on, he's got her sweatshirt on that says yes, Google yes, Me. So yes, your name yes, is not, um, you're not common. So um, they can find you that way as well. All right, y'all. So I did mention we are going to be on Clubhouse. So Hopefully we'll have, I just created the Making a Marketer Club. Um, on, I was on a walk on Friday night and someone had a room and I just took a look at Clubhouse and someone had a room that they had just opened it up to creating clubs and apps. So everyone was like, you know, the wild, wild west, everyone just like going and claiming <laughs> their clubs. So this will be our first. We we did go with Gary next week. We did go live on Clubhouse last time, but this will be the first time under the Making a Marketer Club. And soon we will have a website, makingamarketer.club. So in the meantime, you can follow our Twitter. Thank you so much. I love this. And you are an inspiration, obviously super positive and um, everyone will learn a lot more from you and you'll you'll get to hear his sailor's mouth and the, in the other avenues. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate you for having me, introducing me to your audience. See, I was clean. No curse words. I was clean. I can be good. <laughs> I know. I get it. I get it. But I do know like when you do get like that fire, that's when you start swearing when you just get like early up. So my friend Jennifer Knapp said, thanks. Great session. Thanks, Jen, for being Thank here. Jen. All right, y'all. This has been episode 77 of the Making Your Marketer podcast, and we will catch you next time.